0: Welcome to the Dream Mentorship Podcast, where we interview everyday women making a difference in their lives and communities. From doctors to stay-at-home mamas, CEOs who work hard with no drama, this is where you come to dream and be inspired. Because at Dream Mentorship, we believe that every dream is valid. Here's our host and founder, Mac Jane Creighton. Hey everybody, welcome back and today I have the honor of introducing someone that I think many of you would enjoy listening to her story, um, just because she has been where you are before, and if you're wondering what that means, Mac Jane, um, if you've ever looked for a job or felt frustrated looking finding a job that you absolutely love, or you wake up every morning and you go into a, your workplace and you feel like, oh, gosh, I hate this job, can I have something better? Uh, you will totally relate to her story because she has a phenomenal story to of how she was able to move away from that and begin to do what she loves. She's a career coach, and she's also the host of the podcast Roadmap to the Executive Suite. And she helps women in tech get to the next level in their career. Uh, She's helped clients get up to 100 k in salary increases, as well as flurries of emails from headhunters at big-named companies such as Google, Facebook, and, and NVIDIA. Um, Her workplace expertise has been featured in Forbes, MSNBC, and Thrive Global. Um, Business Insider actually put her in their global list of top 23 most innovative career coaches in 2020. So you know that she is definitely a a person you want to listen to. So without wasting any more time, I want to dive right into the conversation. I want you to join me today to welcome to the podcast, Claudia Miller. Thank you for saying yes to the Dream Mentorship Podcast and being here. As you can tell, I am so excited and I cannot wait for us to Dive into the conversation today. Likewise,
1: I'm very excited to be here and I love everything that you're doing and I'm all about empowering women, so how can we rise together and get to
0: where we want to be? Awesome. So I want to get into your conversation of how to become one of the top sought-after candidates in the market with the ability to command high salaries. I'm telling you, a lot of people are like, okay, itching you know, or turning up their volumes right now. Like, yes, I want that. How <laughs> can I do that? But before we get into that conversation, I want you to tell us a little bit of background. How did you come to this realization? Like, oh gosh, what was that light bulb moment for you? Like, I want to help other people, um, you know, do better, love the jobs that they do and get um, um, the, the salary they deserve, basically. Yeah, so I, I mean, I came
1: from an interesting upbringing. So I, you know, growing up, I lived in a homeless shelter and, you know, I had a very, um, very limited resources. So at a very early age, I knew education was gonna be my way out. It's the only way out. I, I dedicated myself to it. And, you know, I consider myself to be ambitious. So throughout school and when I was at college, you know, I, I you know, was part of a lot of activities. I worked really hard in getting good grades, I was very involved. I try to get awards and be very well-rounded. Everything that everyone's telling you to be and get internships and network. And you know, for graduation time, I was just waiting for like, the interviews to just pour in and have job offers and pick whichever I want. And unfortunately, I only had one interview and thank God they gave me a job, but that's when I knew I, I, clearly there's something I don't know because I've done everything, I actually am a um, recipient of the Gates Millennium Scholarship, which is a full-ride scholarship. And even everything that I did, there was still a missing piece because I only had one interview. So clearly, there's something I don't know or I'm not doing that's not getting me the results that I'm looking for. Having the education, having the internships and networking isn't going to be enough. What else am I missing? So I really embarked in a journey where I heavily invested in myself. And at the time, I didn't have that much money I was a college student so I you know bought books or I rented went to the library and you know rented out books um, I reached out to people even more I you know I was able to go to the career counseling at my university and I really tried to use as many resources that I could to get as much information and even on Business Insider there were you know those articles of like Oh, how a 25-year-old is making six figures and you know, <laughs> here's what she did. I would reach out to them and I'm like, hey, how did you do it? I wow. saw your article. I I'm missing something because I can relate myself to you, but yet I didn't get the results. What's happening? And that's why I had a lot of information. It took me years, um, about three to four years, because at the same time I'm getting my masters, I'm trying to figure out how to do this, and then it's like it clicked, and I finally um, I was able to pivot from finance to education, from education to hospital setting. So I worked at a hospital as a quality assurance manager, and then I was able to pivot into healthcare corporations, so like a for-profit insurance tech company. And every single time I was able to get at least $30,000 in salary increases. Wow. And that's when I had friends reach out to me saying, wait, how did you do that? And then of course I got a business insider feature where it says like, how this 25 year old or whatever, 27 year old got a $30,000 staff increase. So now I got to be on the other side.
0: And, 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 then- and, and I wanna jump right into that because someone is listening and saying, yes, I feel you, I'm right where you are, but I haven't gotten the $30,000 salary increase. How can I get to that other side? Um, because like you, you're correct, I've, I've experienced that myself. I graduated top of my class. I thought, yes, why not? I'm going to get a job right after. I got recommendations from as far as um, the chancellor of the university that I graduated from at the time. So come on, how is it yeah. possible that I wouldn't even get a job? My, my boss at the time was um, the director of a career service center. Like, come on, there's no way you So you. Do do everything right. And yet it feels like, okay, I still haven't found my dream job. I didn't get that job. I mean, I absolutely love what I do right now. And I'm thankful for those experiences. They've shaped who I've become as a woman, but there might be someone who is right where we were thinking, oh gosh, I need this. I need this breakthrough. Um, what would you say to them?
1: Well, first is really understanding, of like, are you happy? Are you fulfilled? One of the things that I've been hearing a lot from job seekers, and actually I was reading some stats that in 2021, over 3.98 million people left their jobs mm-hmm. every month, Wow. every month. And since I do speak to a lot of job seekers, the one thing they tell me is I'm not fulfilled. I, I, I'm not happy where I am at. There's no more career progression, whether it's in my department, in my company, or just overall in my role at this point. And I know I want to do something better. I know there's something better out there for me. I'm just overwhelmed and I don't know what to do or how to get there. And I feel lost at this point. So really first is understanding, being self-aware of, are you currently in a job that serves you? Are you on track, you know, to move to the next step? Do you even have an idea of what that career path looks like? Because from what I've seen and experienced from some of my clients, they have no idea. They're they're just kind of like hoping that they get promoted and then... Mm. Somehow maybe they started an internship and now they're 10 years later, they're still at the company and they're like, wait, I didn't even graduate for this major and I don't even like this industry. <laughs> so really being self-aware is the first step of, you know, is, is should I be job searching? Is this the right role for me? And there are like some key points, but if you're feeling unmotivated and not happy at work, it might be time for you to move. It might just be that you just need to move to the next step because you're not feeling challenged. Mm-hmm. And then the the other thing I would say that's a really good measure is do not stay longer at your job than you need to. And here's kind of like a quick overview or something to kind of keep track of it. If you're an individual contributor and do not manage a team, you should not be in your job longer than two to three years. If If you're a manager or a director, you should be in your role between three to five years if you're a senior director and executive then you're you should be in your role for more than five years usually five to ten years or so so that's a good rule of measure so if you're like hey i'm an individual contributor i don't manage a team and i've been in my role for you know three to five years it's time for you to move to the next step you don't want to become stagnant because by the time you realize you're hating your job you are hating going into work now you feel like everyone's getting ahead of you You're getting passed up for promotions because you don't have that competitive skill set. And now you're scared to go into the marketplace because you've only worked at that one role for five years and you have nothing to show for it as Mm -hmm. far as promotions or career progression. So that would be like my first two, my first things to become self aware.
0: And those are two. Good ways to figure out if you're ready for that career change or mm. for a new job. Mm, I love it, and that's kind of, um, kind of, I guess would just um, kind of lead directly to what I was gonna get at, which is, did you have any mentor or anybody talk to you about, okay. Uh, Claudia, this is what you can do. I mean, besides you reading and, you know, seeking knowledge and just being hungry and reaching out to people and doing all these amazing things you were doing by yourself um, to reach that next step. Um, what were some um, things that you did personally? Was there someone you talked to? Was there, um, uh, like I know this, this time and age is all about networking. Um, did any of that help um, in your next steps?
1: Yes, but there wasn't actually a person. So my mom has like a sixth grade education and I like, grew up very low income. So I wasn't like I can go to the neighbor next door, family member and ask them like, hey, like how was college? How did you do that? I'm the first one in my family to graduate you know, mm-hmm. with a high school degree, let alone a master's or a college degree. So what I really found to be my mentors were books and people that I followed. And they really expanded my what I know of it, my mindset and the growth of it, because like I said, around me, there wasn't anything like that. If I were to graduate, High school, I would have been more than, enough. not a lot of people expected a lot from me, especially because it's like, oh, you're a statistic. Oh, your parents have sixth grade education. Oh, you were born in, you're immigrant from Guatemala. Mm. Oh, you are like all these different things. Like they don't expect someone like me going to college, let yeah. alone getting a master's degree or getting 30k salary increases. So I went and I had to look for those resources. It wasn't going to be somewhere around me. So I had to go and look at them online. Thankfully, now you can look up so many resources you can find on YouTube, you can find newsletters, people that I follow. So, for example, I like James Clear, I like Ramit Sethi, and it really expanded my professional, personal development and what is possible. And that's really what I felt like to be my mentors. And I'm a big, I love to read. I'm always reading different books, and that's how I feel that I get that mentorship. But What makes my proprietary program 90 day job offer, so unique and why I'm able to get disproportionate results for clients on average, when, um, job seekers get a new job, they get anywhere between eight to 12% salary increases. My clients get an average around 54%. Some have even doubled their income. The reason is because at the end of the day, you're working for a business. I use business strategies in career settings on how we can, so instead of saying negotiating, I call it value-based. Mm-hmm. How can we create a business case to say why we're worth this much, and we're gonna show the value and the convergence of it. Now, being a client, it, it kind of gets more translated to the career aspect of it, but that's really what I would recommend. If you don't have someone, not everyone, you know, has the opportunity to have mentors around them, mm-hmm. seek it elsewhere, you know, right. even, you know, Jane, you're doing really great things, like, <laughs> and you. you're, You started this organization to really help people you know if even if I didn't know you I would follow you and I would listen to your podcast that's a different type of mentorship that's accessible to everyone when you don't always have someone to guide you you know in person in the flesh
0: right and I'm glad that you brought that up because um... Um, I don't. I love books. I am a reader. In fact, as a young person growing up, one of the ways they put me in time uh, was to take my books away. Um, <laughs> so I completely love books. But you are absolutely correct. Now that um, books are not the only way that people can get mentored or have that uh, personal development, uh, professional development, growth. Um, you can listen to podcasts. There, there's YouTube. There, there's Google. You know, you can literally ask Google anything, and you are, you'll be shocked that the, the answers you get. Um, so we have resources at our t- fingertips and it's just that I feel like sometimes people are not looking for it. Um, so in your experience, with working with clients and, and the work that you do, one of the things I feel, um, especially when you're talking about value, value-based jobs or, you know, putting yourself out there to say, hey, I, I I deserve this or I deserve this salary. It almost feels like a taboo especially for a woman, you know. I'm not going to go around yeah. telling people like, "Oh, wow, look, I make this XYZ salary." Um, one, it could also be that other people in your company don't have, make way more than that. Or, um, you know, it's just not something we talk about You it's, it's very weird. I, I can't meet you and say, Hey, how much do you make? You know, I, I can't do that. You know? Um, and, and, and of course uh, <laughs> we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't go around asking people how much they make, but it's also a very important conversation to have. So how do you navigate that? Especially when you're working with your clients and, you know, telling them not necessarily negotiating, but kind of putting your values out there? It all starts with mindset. Now, I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't like talking about money, or I love
1: money. I love talking about money. It gives (laughs) me a lot of opportunities. I know what it's not to have money, and it is horrible. (laughs) So I appreciate money and what it can do for me and my family. So one is mindset. First, what I hear the most is, well, I don't want to negotiate because I don't want the job to be pulled away, Mm. or I don't want to negotiate because I don't want to sound that I'm pushy or greedy. I don't wanna negotiate because I don't wanna rock the boat and I should just be grateful that I have a job or I have a job offer. So you need to rewrite those mindsets and kind of beliefs that you kind of tell yourself in regard to salary negotiation. Instead, what I found to actually be true, because those are just imag- uh, imaginative where no one said, hey, if you negotiate, I'm gonna pull this offer away from you. Mm-hmm. No one has yet to come across that I've heard them say that. If a company were to pull away the job offer because you negotiate it, run. That is a horrible thing to do as a company. It is a red flag because imagine once you try to get promotions and salary increases, they're going to fire you or it's going to be like pulling teeth. Mm. Do you really want to be an organization that can't appreciate, you know, negotiation? And there's negotiation in every business. Even if it's a not-for-profit, you're negotiating contracts, negotiating vendors, volunteers, events, like, all these things, is just part of life, whether we acknowledge it or notice it or not. But it's rewriting that mindset of, and what I found to be is like um, employees that negotiate their salary. The stat was last time I checked around 72% of employees that asked for the salary got the salary increase. Mm. So we already know stats are in your favor. Two, you you're position yourself as a top performing employee. If you can negotiate with me confidently and do it the right way and create a great business case, now i'm going to trust you to negotiate on behalf of the company because you did such a great job doing it for yourself i can trust you now Jane, to negotiate in behalf of our organization or our company because you're really good at it and also if you're going into a leadership management role you definitely should be negotiating because i want to know that you're able to do that very eloquently and that you're able to have those conversations with the employees Or if your role has to do with anything, contract negotiation or working with clients and contracts, sales, everyone should be negotiating their salary because it also shows kind of like that skill set, especially if you put on your resume, oh, skill sets, contract negotiation, but then you don't even negotiate for yourself. (laughs) It makes me wonder, are you really good at it? Right. Or are you just adding that? So it just shows proof of how, you know, um, the skill set that you have and you want to be able to showcase that. So I've even had clients tell me that, Their employer has told them, I'm glad you negotiated because I would have thought, I would have been a little bit hesitant or suspicious of your skill set if you had it, Mm. especially if you're going in this specific role. So it's changing that mindset and then all of a sudden thinking of the possibilities and the, and stop basing your next salary based on how much you're currently making. Right. So that's when I hear people, oh, I'm making $65,000. For my next job, I would love to break to 70, 75. I mean, if I get 80, it would be great. I'm like, why 80? <laughs> if the market's paying right now 120, right. why are you asking for 80, 85? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Same thing. It's almost like, and I like to use the analogy of a house. Let's just say you bought a house for 100000 I know it's probably hard to find at this point, but it's just for example purposes. You bought a house for 100000 and you're ready to sell my dream. I'm willing to offer you $300,000 for that home because it's a crazy housing market at this point. Are you going to tell me, no, Claudia, I can't sell it to you for $300,000. I only paid $100,000. i will sell it to you for 120000 <laughs> It just makes sense. If you did, I would say like, okay, there's something wrong. With this
0: right. There's something wrong <laughs> with I the house. No <laughs> we have to go and, check it out.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you're probably like, there's no way I would do that. I'm going to say, yes, give me the 300000 and that's a great deal. And you got, you know, mm-hmm. you got yourself a home. So stop doing the same thing with salary. So think of the house analogy. We charge and we sell the house for what the market is paying. Same thing with your skill set and your job. Charge or ask for the salary that the market is willing to pay. Even if it becomes double. I've had clients making sixty thousand get offered one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars jobs, and they're able to do it because they were able to identify what the market was paying for that skill set, and they asked for it. I've had clients go from fifty to 90. I've had clients go from 90 to 170. Because again, we removed ourselves from saying this is how I'm making so I think I should be making this to here is what the market is paying. Oh, it just happens to be double what I'm earning at this point. That's great.
0: Yeah, I I love that. Let's talk about your business for a little bit, um, what Mm -hmm. you do. And so share a little bit with us uh, what you do and how you're able to help um, clients become Um, sought after candidates in the job market, um, especially as it relates to what they can offer?
1: So I am a career coach and I have a proprietary career coaching program um, that I've created where it really goes through every step of the process. So career mapping, which I think it's, it's very important because, you know, a lot of people, they just take it one job at a time and they're like, well, I don't know if I should do this, if I should do that. Career mapping really helps you understand what is the end in mind, and we've already researched it. It seems to be aligned with our lifestyle, our values, the, the income we wanna be earning. So in order to get there, we kind of back, go backwards and it gives you a blueprint of like, oh, here's how long I should be staying in this role, and here's the that I need to acquire. Once that time hits, we get to the next role, and next role, and then 10, 15 years, I could be the chief marketing officer, or I could be the chief technology officer, whatever that is, because it's the, the mapping then it's really understanding of like what are the jobs that are going to set you up for success what are your strengths and skill sets and then finding the right companies that are going to be able to help you accelerate in your career that are going to be supportive especially as you know women of color we want to go into a company that's going to be fit with our cultures and that have you know microaggressions are going to a company that doesn't have diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. so really finding those companies but also making sure that they're financially stable Mm -hmm. one of the things that I've seen is unfortunately I've had clients that by the time they come to me they'll say I went and job search for a year I finally got a job two months later I got laid off and now I got to start this job search and I can't afford to job search for another year and that's when they start working with me so we want to make sure we go to a company that's financially stable and do as much proactive work to make sure that we avoid those type of situations and then I go with, I work with them with how to network, how to find a network that's going to help them get the jobs they want, how to interview, making sure they're able to uncover any challenges or obstacles that are preventing them from moving to next steps or getting that job offer, and of course, how to negotiate your salary. So it's it's a 90-day program, and it really walks them through every step of the way, and you know they have access to me through like bi-weekly group coaching calls and one-on-one mock interview sessions. And... Again, this is all business. The foundation of the entire program is all business principles. That's why it's so effective because we're speaking to businesses. We're speaking in their language and we're building business cases on how, you know, we're the perfect thing. And that's when, if you go against some of my clients, like it's hard, you can't outbeat my (laughs) clients at this point. They have been so diligent. And here's a prime example. When they ask at the end of the interview, they'll say, do you have any questions for me? Most like most candidates would say, well, yeah, can you tell me about does a day-to-day work, um, work day look like? Can you tell me a little bit more about culture? Those are the worst, not the worst, but they're just not the best use of our time or questions to ask. Instead, my clients would say something like, yeah, so I noticed that, um, you know, for the engineering department, overall the company, they just released a new product or they're looking to release a new product by the end of the year and it is to alleviate this current pain point in the marketplace. And it looks like, but based on what I've seen on, you know, recent press releases, you're looking to venture in this market segmentation. Currently, what are some of the challenges or knowledge skill gaps that you currently are facing within your engineering department that you think can be problematic in order to go live by the end of the year? Mm. They're going to be like, how... <laughs> And all of a sudden, now not compare yourself to these six other candidates that just asked me, "What does the day-to-day work like look like? What does the culture look like in this company?" I'm gonna, I want to hire this person because we're already talking as if they were working here. They have knowledge and skills gap, and we're discussing that. And then they can say, "Well, we really don't have experience with this A, B, and C," mm-hmm. and they can easily say, "Oh, actually, I do have experience. I used to use it in my other organization or my previous company role." That's great. And here's how we we're able to do it. So. Mm-hmm. That's how you become um, sought after candidate. That's how you beat the competition by understanding what others do, and then you do and go ten, fifteen percent,
0: give more, and no one will be able to compare it to you. I love it. Um, so, do you have a specific, um, a specific industry that you kind of target, or you know, your clients come from all, all kinds of um, industries and different uh, phases in life?
1: So I worked across various industries and both men and women. Now in the past year or so, I've tried to niche down more to technology just because I've seen an even, there's a lot of opportunity for salary increases for my clients, but there's also huge discrepancy. Mm. And there's not a lot of women or in women of color in the industry in itself. But I mean, right now I still have, you know, male clients and from other industries or they're looking to break into tech. But at the end of the day, it's all the foundation business principles can be applied to any industry. I've had clients where they're um, pilots or engineers for specific like NASA, like missiles, and there's just certain things they can't disclose to me. But <laughs> uh, it's come from various ranges of industries, but primarily right now, it's been like women of tech, or if you go and follow me on LinkedIn, you're pretty much gonna see, oh, women of tech, or here's what to do if you're a data scientist. Here's to do as an engineer, for example. Mm-hmm. and. Because of that discrepancy that there is in the marketplace and the growth that it's happening and will be happening in like few mm-hmm. years.
0: Yeah. Okay. So let's kind of. Um, um Dive a little bit to talk to homeschooling moms and um, mm-hmm. or just stay at home moms, or you know people who've been out of the industry for a little bit and then they're trying to get back into the uh, workforce. Um, what what typically what would be the first place to start for someone who is like okay I'm a stay at home mom or I'm a homeschooling mom or uh, not a, or maybe not just n- not not a mom but you just being out of the work industry for a while maybe you have just been focused on education and gaining your degrees and all of that. Uh, where would be the first place for them to start? One is their confidence and mindset. What I've seen
1: is I've had clients where who have been like stay-at-home moms for 15 years and they want to start the market and then they feel like, well, I haven't worked in 15 years, like who's going to hire me? Am I even able to get interviews? Mm-hmm. Stop thinking that, instead we're going to say, well, we're going to identify what are my transferable skills and how we can apply that to the market and we're going to find a job that suits my lifestyle. If you want to work remote i mean there's so many more opportunities now than there were you know pre-covid and it's really understanding that so first is mindset and confidence because that will lead a lot towards where and how you start searching and from there it's really understanding and i can i can understand if you're i do this day in and day out so it's like oh i can easily write a resume and i could do this but as a profession if you're like i feel lost i haven't done this in a while i highly recommend working with someone that can help you if you are you know there are some resources if you're unemployed or, or you meet the federal poverty guidelines there's federal resources where they do career counseling um, for free or they kind of guide you in writing your resume or you know if you're like hey i don't apply i'm not i'm, I'm not maybe unemployed or i don't qualify for those resources or i need more then work with someone. like That's what I do with for my career coaches. I mean, I do that as a career coach for my clients in really guiding them every step of the process. But I had a client, like I said, who was out of work for 15 years, couldn't get an interview. We worked together. We wrote a skills-based resume, which is something I recommend for anyone that's looking to break into a new industry. Say that again, say,
0: say the name of it
1: again. What type of resume? Skills- Skill-based resume, so it's a different template where we lead with the transferable skills as opposed to like here's where I worked and here's what I did because then they're going to notice the gap years. Like, mm. wait, you haven't worked in 15 years. A skills based resume changes the conversation to, oh, you have these top three skills that we're looking for. Let's bring you in for the interview, and then you know you're able to sell yourself and talk about your past experiences or. Maybe you volunteered and then you held a fundraiser and, you know, went to school or you worked on this project. You can bring in all these um, background skill sets and expertise that you do have into the conversation. And that, you know, like I said, my client was able to get that. Uh, we wrote the resume, prepped her within three to four weeks. She was already getting interviews in less than two months. She already had a job offer and wow. she had a really pretty cool job offer that um, had her traveling around world and setting up events because
0: that's what she used to do 15 years ago but it is possible it's all about strategy Mm -hmm. amazing i know we're kind of running out of time but i have another question i want to ask you about Mm -hmm. resumes and stuff um and i know that the trends are changing a lot but just from experience with um coaching especially with remote work now and a lot of things that are now you know the job industry has changed a lot for the past, last two years, especially. Uh, What are some top skills that you recommend for anyone to at least have on their resume? Um, You know, what what would you say is your top five that you must kind of highlight on your resume? Because employers have about 15 to 30 seconds to look at your resume and it better catch their eyes.
1: So there aren't any specific skill sets because, I mean, it depends on the industry, the role. But what I recommend with your resume is, to answer the so what. Here's what that means. Most people will say, oh, I managed, um, let's just, for example, give an engineer. Oh, I worked on, you know, I work on various projects and I create the configuration for these different uh, apps. And it's like, okay, so what? Like, (laughs) how are you different than all the other 300 applicants that just applied? That doesn't tell me anything or when I, you know, when I work with my clients, I'll say something like um, executed over 500 projects in the last 15 months for different applications and developments uh, for internal and third-party vendors um, that have accumulated to over, you know, 300 hours of productivity saved. And it also has led to over $300,000 in savings from, having a very streamlined processes it's like oh now i care you're gonna send that for the person just says i work with different applications and integration okay so what so good rule of thumb or to figure out well how do i know that i'm doing a good job show your resume to someone that's not in the industry and ask them what questions do you have Mm. and they're going to be like do party applications? Like what kind of applications? What do you mean by third vendors? Are there specific ones? Well, how many projects do you work on? And that just becomes natural because they really don't know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And if they don't know what you're talking about, the recruiter is not going to know what you're talking about. You have to remember that the first gatekeeper, well, first gatekeepers can be like the ATS applicant tracking system, but the person that's going to be the first gatekeeper is HR. And it could be HR people are usually hired for various roles, where it could be marketing, sales, technology, engineering, data scientists, and even some that are very technical focused. That could be, again, engineering, hardware, uh, software engineering, mechanical engineers, data scientists. There's just just so much going on that you have to talk to someone as if they have no background experience. Mm -hmm. And some companies have even have sourcers or HR coordinators. Who might be right out of college who may not have a lot of this expertise and yet hr people just can't know everything about every single job out there it's impossible they just have to make an assumption of like i think this person is going to be able to do this job based on what they're saying let me figure out more during the interview process Mm -hmm. so make it clear that anyone without any background can really understand what you do and the magnitude of what you're doing in your role Mm -hmm. saying that you work in various projects is not enough. How many projects? What is the timeline? What is the budget? How many people were part of this project? Who are you targeting this to? Were there any errors? What did you save? Money, productivity, hours, uh, processes, took a 15-step process into a three-step process to really prove user experience. That's how specific you want to be, because we want to make sure we take control of the reader's imagination.
0: Wow, that, that's really, really good. I hope you all took notes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Uh, that's really, really good. Thank you, Claudia, for sharing um, all of these nuggets with us. Um, just before we kind of head out, out of this podcast today, uh, on a lighter note, what is something that you cannot do without that you always have on you or with you, uh, whether that's for work or for leisure? Well, we
1: mentioned books. I literally have like... <laughs> I have like five books in like just my desk, and I have another three books in my nightstand, and I probably have two more books in my book bag, and then I still have audible books in my phone in case I can't, for whatever reason, pull out a book and read. So, and I do love to take notes. So, kind of an example of like right now Mm. I'm reading Barbara Stanley's book of Secrets of Six Figure Women, and I just. Like you see all these posts and these are ideas that I want to share. Like, oh, this is a good insight. Here's something to talk about when on my LinkedIn or on my blog post or on my YouTube video or on my podcast because I've seen it over and over again. And here's another way of reframing it because we all learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. I'm a visual learner where you can tell me something, but unless I see it, I don't actually internalize. I want you to tell me about it. I want to see it and then I want to do it and then... I, I learn it. So that's kind of like the same thing I like to do for my clients because I don't want you to just memorize things. I want you to internalize it because once you know the process, it's rinse and repeat after that.
0: Yes. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> this has been so fun. Thank you so much, Claudia, for sharing your story with us. And even more importantly, I think. Um, sharing all this wisdom with us today. I'm sure that everyone who's had a chance to listen to this podcast or watch it, um, it's kind of taking notes and making some changes uh, with their lifestyle or their career choices or, you know, just going back into the job market or whatever it is, whatever phase they are in. And thank you for um sharing how you are able to not allow your past or your where you were to kind of uh, mitigate your growth that like you were resilient you, you were you just went for it so I really um, see that seep through our conversation even though we didn't get to dive right into it but I absolutely enjoyed uh, listening to you and for the inspiration thanks for being on the podcast today. for having me and of course anyone listening
1: out there whatever tips you found most helpful leave a review and let us know what you like the most
0: absolutely yes you know what we need to start collaborating more and start doing this (laughs) this is so fun I didn't have to do that plug in I appreciate that yeah All right, people thank you so much for listening I hope you absolutely enjoyed today's podcast please leave us a review just as Claudia has said and let us know what you enjoyed most we want to hear from you you can also send us an email at info iDreamMentorship.org and of course if you want to connect with Claudia um, check out her information on the um, show notes today Uh, you can connect with her on LinkedIn and as well on her website if you need a career coach you definitely know she will be your girl okay all right and then our summer program is coming up yay so if you are interested um, to for personal growth and just get to that next phase with your life um, we want to let you know the applications are open now Uh, you can head over to our website dreammentorship.org to sign up and if you also want to be a volunteer mentor and you're here and listening to this please get connected with us we need you (laughs) a lot of women need you they want to hear your story as well how you can help them be all that they want to be and make sure that they live out their dreams so that's it people until next time i hope you enjoyed this podcast and you know and just keep living keep dreaming and never ever give up
1: Thank you for listening and going on a captivating journey of inspiration with us. If you'd like to learn more about Dream Mentorship and become part of the Dream Mentorship family, follow us on Instagram at Dream Mentorship or visit our website, dreammentorship.org. Feel free to send us a message and tell us what you loved about this podcast and our wonderful guest. This episode was edited by me, Evelyn Calvo. No matter what your dream is, we can help you make it a reality. And the first step is learning from other women living their authentic dream. So come back next week for another episode.